Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Byte Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Delve into the shadows of the mind with Sleeping Dogs, a gripping murder mystery starring Academy Award winner Russell Crowe. Now available on digital. Crow portrays an ex-homicide detective, unraveling a brutal murder he can't recall. Uncovering secrets from his past, he learns a chilling truth. It's best to let sleeping dogs lie. Visit sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery to watch Sleeping Dogs, now on digital. That's sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery. This episode is sponsored by Filecoin Foundation. This is The Hash Podcast. Stay informed with the latest on Bitcoin, ETH, the Metaverse, Web3, and more. All on The Hash for your ears. You're listening to The Coindesk Podcast Network. Hey guys, it's Coindesk TV. You're watching The Hash. It's great to be here. I'm Zach Seward. We got Will Foxley and Jen Sanasi. I missed the orange-reddish memo in this the uh, wardrobe call They today, should have put so you in the middle, Zach, and then we have like a nice apologies. pattern. Mm. Yeah, we'll, we'll see what we can do. It's a, it's a good, good three-box session. All right, so Will's going to start us off with the first story of the day. Will, what's going on? Zach always gets the right side of the screen. I, I don't know what it is. It's a privileged position. Okay, let's go talk about Intel. Let's actually talk about crypto stuff today. Talk about our shirts later. Intel, the computing giant, is going to stop producing Bitcoin ASIC chips, according to a note from Tom's Hardware, who first reported the matter. Why are they doing this? Well, they only got into the Bitcoin mining game about a year ago, producing the chips that manufacturers needed in order to make the Bitcoin mining machines themselves. They had a few pre-orders from a few companies such as Grid, Argo Blockchain, Epic Blockchain, and not a lot of these companies ended up baking machines out of them in the first place. Only high blockchain, Epic Blockchain, uh, were actually able to produce these things in the first place. And now they're going to wind it down in favor of other chip manufacturing, namely a $20 billion plant in Arizona that has actually been constructed right now. And that's for more typical computing things like iPhones and computers rather than Bitcoin miners. Zach, I'll throw this one over to you for your take on it. Yeah, the P's and Tom's hardware, I thought, like framed it up nicely, right? Came in late, leaving too early. And oftentimes we see that from these big legacy players who get to crypto a bit late in the cycle, don't really reap any of the rewards that many of their preceding parties did, and then say, hey, this kind of sucks, we're leaving. So maybe we're seeing that from Intel a little bit. You know, there's nothing damning, especially in the comments that Intel made about this decision, right? I think there is a lot out there that suggests that Bitcoin is still a bit toxic for some of these big brands to be associated with. So the idea that they could be producing these polluting chips that the New York Times is going to go out and tackle next expose around, you know, that could have been the subtext here, but none of the public statements indicate that at all. This simply indicates just a a shift in priorities in terms of what type of technologies Intel wants to uh, focus on going forward. So 
I was kind of wondering if there was any of that subtext or any of that sort of between the lines. I'm not seeing that at all. But I do think in the big picture that these tech companies that are big, established Web2 players, especially when the times are bad in Bitcoin land, it comes with some risks being associated with the space, especially in the wake of these uh, energy reports that we've seen about Bitcoin mining in recent weeks. So I don't know. I don't know what the subtext is, but this seems to be, you know, just a business decision that a big tech company is going to make. And hey, maybe they'll live through the day when, uh, when Bitcoin is surging and it's a big business line. But for now, it doesn't seem to have been that large. So Jen, I'll toss to you for your thoughts. Yeah, I had the same thoughts. And my initial thought was, ah, is it too early? Maybe I'll ask Will. And then I, I kept reading the Tom's Hardware piece. And this isn't the only cost cutting that's happening at Intel, right? They're shelving plans for that mega lab that they were building in Oregon. They are canceling plans for a development center. They're trimming down on some other programs. So I think this is indicative of the tech market at large, right? We speak so much on the show about the layoffs and the tightening that's happening because of what's going on in the macro sphere. And so I think that this is part of that. Zach, I agree with you. Throughout the whole piece, there was no mention of negative sentiment from regulators when it comes to mining from negative sentiment in mainstream media. But I think that we would be silly to say that that didn't come into play, even at a very kind of small level when they were making this decision. I think, you know, you're not getting a lot of business. You're seeing all of these damning reports in the media. You're not really sure what regulators are going to do. It's just a smart business decision to wind down. But Will, is it too early? Was this business decision made too early? Yeah, great question. If you look at numbers for Bitcoin mining right now, monthly revenue is about 500 million per month for Bitcoin miners. That's compared to bull market where we saw every month over $1 billion in revenue. So revenues are certainly down, but they're not as bad as previous cycles. So 2017, 2018, it clipped over 1 billion for about two months. And then it went down so hard and so fast down to the hundreds of millions as opposed to like 500 million or plus that. So right now, we're actually like not in a bad place in terms of mining revenue. It's more sustainable, which means that like some of these players, I would have actually expected to stick around. I do have some like inside knowledge on this Intel thing, which I can share here just because I do work in like mining media. And that is that Intel actually made a lot of these chips and they made so many and they had too big of a supply that they're really just selling out that supply. And there's no need for them to continue manufacturing it. They're sitting on a glut of supply and they'll probably keep selling these chips for the next year or two to manufacturers who are actually making the machines themselves. And, you know, that makes sense for them. So just to your guys' point, it was a business decision. Zach, over to you. Yeah, that was interesting. That was a little inside. Mm -hmm. So one thing I bring to the show. Don't mind if I pun on a Wednesday, that (laughs) intel about some mining stuff and supply of these chips. That is fascinating. All right, let's shift gears. Jen, I think you're taking us to the world of AI. What's going on? We are going to the world of AI. It seems like us and the rest of the world are heading over there more and more often lately. Crypto protocol Fetch AI is offering AI trading tools for DeFi exchanges. The firm's rolling out a set of enhanced trading products that will facilitate peer-to-peer transactions between DeFi users using AI-powered agents to execute trades based on user-defined parameters. Will, tell us what this means. This just seems like a smart contract. I don't know. This is like the rant <laughs> I had the other I day. The AI, the crypto stuff, we love the buzzwords. Gary Gensler even said this uh, yesterday in front of Congress that crypto is a buzzword, AI is a new one. And I think we see that with like the mix of these products, right? And a lot of these things are not AI. AI has the ability to self-learn. AI has the ability to teach itself. These things are smart contracts. It means that like I put parameters in, I say do this action and it completes action when the time comes based on like data it collects from the market. That's been known. That happens. I mean, I think it's a great tool and I think people will continue to use it. 
And I expect more investments to flow into these things because people do want automation within their crypto. I do want to be able to do like unique swaps when the market timing is good. I do want to be able to do trade and sell orders immediately from like my MetaMask wallet and not have to go through a broker and exchange. That stuff will continue to develop. But I think it's a little disingenuous to call everything AI. That's my hot take on this, Zach, to you. Hey, man, if the AI can write my emails, I'm sure it can <laughs> trade for me, right? I mean, we can trust it to make these informed decisions based on its modeling techniques. And I hope that Fetch AI is doing it well. First of all, shout out to that dog that is pictured on this story. <laughs> Amazing photo choice by the editors at Coindesk.com. What a cute puppo. Had to shout that out. <laughs> Second of all, I mean, yeah, crypto and AI, like there are going to be these intersections where these systems are going to interact with each other. Automations are going to exist. The internet is going to get really, really weird in the next five to 10 years. And it's going to be just a strange place where human agency might get lost among all the various AIs that are out there. There's probably enough of us out there on the hash for language models to be established where we could just automate this bad boy going forward. We Please might be out of work. We, might, we, we use... might be out of work sometime soon. But it's just AI the hash. And, you know, we sort of have our standard go-to takes. And, you know, it's not all that different from the real deal. Mm. But I don't know. Maybe that's a bit bleak. I don't know. Jen? I had an AI headshot made of me and I'm wearing these like amazing purple feathers with purple hair. And I would like that to be my hash avatar when nice. that finally happens. Um, Will, I saw your hand go up. So before I kick it off to you, I just want to mention, so with these like agents, they're trying to overcome the risk that smart contracts introduce into DeFi. And so they're saying, you know, instead of an attacker going after a smart contract and attacking like a liquidity pool, a hacker would have to attack each individual agent. I'm not exactly sure how all of that works. As we all know, I'm not the most technical person. But Will, hearing that, does that change your mind at all? Yeah, I mean, that's something I need to bring up, right? Because the CEO of FetchAI actually brings this up within the article saying, quote, a hacker would have to hack every single agent. They couldn't just hack the central smart contract because there isn't one. And so I guess in this construction, basically what they're having is every single account made in this company has an AI associated with it. And that AI is able to make decisions on behalf of the account of the holder of those tokens. And when they make the decision, hey, I want to swap this token or I want the AI to do this on my behalf, get it done and however you want it to do. The AI goes out into the DeFi markets, looks for the best match, looks for the best liquidity and makes a determination about how to do that. That might be correct. And like maybe I'm kind of like saying this isn't really worth what it is. But to me, I look at this and be like, this just sort of seems like better customer service through AI that's able to get better price matching. I still think on a smart contract level, like you can still get rug pulled by other things. It's not necessarily like the human agent that is causing the rug pulling. It's the smart contract that you're going to be interacting with when you do submit an order somewhere else. That's typically the problem. And I don't know if these AI models are advanced enough to be able to go and look at a Uniswap pool or go look at something on 0x and be like, hey, this contract isn't safe. Let's not interact with it. If they were that advanced, I think we'd have a lot better DeFi landscape than we do right now. So I'm still a little hesitant to call this something amazing, but I'm sure we'll get some follow-up on Twitter afterwards for this show. Zach, back over to you. I mean, it's a cute puppy. That's all that's all I got. It's just a it's a cute puppy. It is a the cute dog puppy. is fetching the stick at fetch AI. Get it? And fetch AI. See? It's clever. Look at that. Look it's at that. On so many levels. Look how, look how cute that dog is. Anyway, that's all I got. Hey, this is Jensen Nancy from The Hash. Are you heading to Consensus? Because I am, along with the rest of The Hash crew. If you're there, you have to connect with the Filecoin community ahead of Coindesk's big event, 
at the Filecoin Network Base from April 24th through April 26th in downtown Austin. Join Filecoin ecosystem contributors for lightning talks on Web3, gaming, developer workshops, and the latest updates on the Filecoin virtual machine. Spanning three floors packed with programming and networking opportunities, the network base hosted by Filecoin Foundation is your go-to spot for cross-chain collaboration and connection in Austin. Register today at networkbase.io forward slash Austin. Join Coindesk's Consensus 2023, the most important conversation in crypto and Web3, happening April 26th through 28th in Austin, Texas. Consensus is the industry's only event bringing together all sides of crypto, Web3, and the metaverse. Immerse yourself in all that blockchain technology has to offer creators, builders, founders, brand leaders, entrepreneurs, and more. Use code THEHASH to get 15% off your pass. Visit consensus.coindesk.com or check the link in the show notes. According to a lawyer involved in the class action lawsuit that we spoke about earlier this week on the show, there's a class action lawsuit against celebrities who endorsed FTX. This lawyer is saying that Taylor Swift was offered $100 million to be a spokesperson for the crypto exchange, and she turned it down after doing some due diligence. The lawyer's name is Adam Moskowitz. He appeared on the Scoop podcast to discuss the lawsuit where plaintiffs are looking for more than $5 billion in damages. Apparently, and this is what is alluded to, I don't know if Taylor asked the question herself, but she said, could this be considered an unregistered security? And no one had any answers for her. Zach? Yeah, this little scooplet comes by way of our friends over at the block. So it's cool that they're getting this on the record. It is a funny story. This is the guy who has been hunting down Shaquille O'Neal. Shaquille <laughs> has been avoiding being served for a number of months. Another detail in here that I thought was just charming about they sent the uh, the papers to, I guess, the sheriff's office at which Shaq is like deputized as just like a deputy. And they apparently like cashed the 50 bucks, but weren't able to serve the papers. I thought that was another awesome detail <laughs> in the saga of Shaq evading the papers. So that was just fun. But yeah, Taylor Swift, this is like, this is such a good story. I mean, $100 million, it was reported earlier that this was in the works, right? Back before everything hit the fan, this was one of those, you know, according to sources, the next big celebrity endorser to come on board uh, the FTX team. And the fact that she ultimately walked away from it, I think is really quite funny, right? You know, maybe Naomi Brockwell, known Swifty and, <laughs> and diehard Taylor Swift fan, was able to get some, some choice questions into mm. Taylor's ear <laughs> such that she could do this due diligence. Hey, she came out looking good on this one. I'll say that much. But yeah, walking away from a $100 million check looks very, very prescient in this instance. Certainly Tom Brady, Steph Curry, Shaquille O'Neal, Larry David. Shohei Otani, Giselle, they didn't seem to do as much due diligence, at least as, uh, as Taylor here. So credit to her. I don't know, Jen, what do you think? Well, her dad used to work at Merrill Lynch. So maybe her dad was consulting her on what kind of questions to ask. This story just made me think about all of the information that's come out about FTX after its implosion. And to think that they were offering $100 million to celebrities to prop up their platform and they had all of this mismanagement and shady stuff going on behind the scenes is actually astonishing. Every time I read about it, I'm just shocked and 
appalled. I also wonder what constitutes as due diligence in this story. Like, what is the lawyer alluding to? Did she just ask, is this an unregistered security? And that is what due diligence is. Or did she actually ask for paperwork? Did she actually ask to see what is going on behind the scenes? I would love to know that. And I hope that other celebrities are watching this and are taking notes on how to assess whether or not they are going to get involved with any company that offers financial products. Zach? Do you think SBF gets a song now? Do you think like Taylor's going to write a song about SBF? <laughs> I hope so. Because that would be, that'd be a banger. I don't know. Just saying. Uh, Will? It would be a real banger. I want like a, a song list yeah, that we could like tie up to this whole situation. No, I also think mm-hmm. like imagine her just going through FTX's token list and be like, is this security? <laughs> is this security? Is this security? I think there's like a fun little mental game we can play here where we kind of see like Taylor Swift going through and auditing us. Even Gary Gensler can't answer that. Yeah. yeah. So uh, I, know. I don't know. <laughs> She's like, oxygen maps? Like, what are these? I, I, I'm not going to invest in you guys. So that's pretty impressive. And I think for someone who just like is so involved in a world outside of crypto and outside of this stuff and to come in and just like be able to spot it, Tells me a lot about Taylor Swift. New respect for her at the very least. She apparently knows what's going on here. I want to go back to the conversation from yesterday really quickly and just talk about like how do we think about these you know, moguls getting into the room in the first place? The fact that Tom Brady, Steph Curry, Shaq Toshi, so many other people were involved in this, right? And they, they were duped by this. But then one person was not Taylor Swift. And now that's held up against all the other people who were duped by this, right? And there's a lot of people in crypto who were duped by this. So many people in crypto were using FTX. So many people had investments in in FTX, including large VC firms. But somehow Taylor Swift got through on this. And now that is going to be like a great anecdote as this goes through the whole process of both Chapter 11 and criminal filings, that the one person who saw through all this was a pop star. And I have no idea how she did that, but she did do it. Jen? Not just not just a pop star. The pop the star. Pop star. Will, the pop star. The pop Apologies. star. Part of the terms of the deal included Taylor selling her tickets as NFTs. And so what kind of breaks my heart about this is there are so many great use cases for celebrities, pop stars, whatever, when it comes to crypto, especially tickets as NFTs. And, you know, something like this one bad actor has possibly soured some of the biggest stars from adopting the technology. And so that's a little sad. It is. It mm-hmm. is a little sad. But it'll be back. Don't worry. Just like we talked about yesterday, DeFi gaming, <laughs> true. L2s. We have new narratives forming. If anything, crypto is very good at forming narratives. So they'll all be back and uh, more people will be duped by another exchange in the future. Hopefully not. But that's my sad prediction. Well, we stand the legend, Taylor Swift. One day... She will come on this show as preordained by Naomi Rockwell many years ago. All right, that's it for the show today. I'm wrapping it. Good work, everybody. Thanks for being here. I'm Zach. That's Will. Jen, we're the hash. We'll see you tomorrow. Have a great day. Bye, everybody. See you guys. Bye. You've been listening to The Hash on the Coindesk Podcast Network. We would like to hear from you. If you have any questions or comments, please reach out to us at podcasts at coindesk.com, subject line, The Hash, or leave us a review on your favorite podcast player. Thanks for listening. 